Teen Studios in a random living room not far from the Gothic Theater. This is the South Stands Denver Fancast. I'm Colin Daniels with guest producer Bronco Jeff, longtime sports journalist and former co-host of the Big Bull Marty Show on Altitude Sports Radio, Will. H.W. Yeah. Peterson! Yeah. And you... Yeah! What you get and what you see. Things that don't come easily. Feeling happy in my vein. Icicles within my brain. Cocaine. <laughs> that is the first line from the classic Black Sabbath song, Snowblind. And that is our, that is our theme for tonight. Cocaine and Snowblind. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's South Stands. Uh, South Stands Live. We're live on YouTube right there. Uh, we're back for more. Uh, it's been how many weeks, Colin? Five weeks? Five. It may be six. It might we, be we six. We were previewing the Broncos season and talking about the Rockies in the playoffs. I don't think we... We have missed so many pertinent events. Yeah, I don't know why anybody listens to this. I don't know. Much. They do. They're clamoring for it, though, so we had to get it. I know. It. And, uh, and we have, a, we have a, a, a special guest tonight. Will Peterson's with us. Will, welcome to the show. Finally. Yes. Show. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's my first time on a mic in uh, 13 days. I'm a little nervous. I think you, I think you know what to do. I, I noticed you can the figure kind it out. of the clamminess and the kind of sweat. So uh, what did you do? Why aren't you? What what happened? What'd you do to get fired? Listen, they made some changes. I was told that the word was downsizing. Okay, what gotcha. I was told. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't the only one, but I was the only one that they said, "Give us your badge and get the hell out." Wow. So okay. That was that was a little. Tough. I thought Julie Brownman got walked the same day too. Yeah, but she's still with the company, so there, ah. there's still a little bit of, you know, Will's the only one who just leaves and never come back, and it was tough, because I said all along, the abs and nuggets were going to be good, they're both good, I'm no longer there. So, this is normal for radio, though. This isn't like, you know, a, a shocking development, right? I mean, everyone kind of knows uh, radio's a little, bit, uh, a little bit harsh like that, correct? Yeah, I think so. I, I think the difficult part was... A new program director got brought in, did everything, from out of state, did oh. everything that was asked, and then one day you get a text, "Hey, come on down to my office." You see HR in the office, and you know the direction it's going to go. Well, and I didn't, I didn't think this topic was going to come as fast and as furious as it has. Why not? But what I, what I <laughs> good question. Um, what I, what I feel about the situation is just bummed because. I live a portion of my life in the sports talk radio realm, and in, in, it's my little universe. It's where I, while I take a shower, while I brush my teeth, while I make a sandwich, while, while I'm doing other mindless things. He's been given a lot of cease and desist, uh, yes. cease and desist um, uh, things sent to him because he talks about how he's in, how he showers and listens to, to yes. you and everyone Cecil else. Cecil and I worked all yeah. that out. Okay, and, good. Uh, all right. I think we've come to terms. Um, but it's it, it's. It's a it's a big part of my life, and your show was phenomenal, and I mean phenomenal. It was one of the very best sports talk radio shows I've ever heard, and there were there have been many good ones. Peter Burns was one of my favorite hosts. He always did a great job, no matter who he was with, and uh, I love Nate Kreckman. Um, but as far as a triumvirate 
of guys who had developed a chemistry with one another, who served different roles within the program, drove it different ways, contributed different things, and had, at first, there was a lot of negative energy between Vic Lombardi and James Marilyn. And you kind of provided this buffer. And then over time, that negative energy, you could hear it in, within the show, slowly evolving into a mutual respect and an understanding of one another. And as that happened, and as you contributed more and more, I just thought it was the most honest, guy talk, fan talk perspective on Denver sports that was available, and I'm really, really sad that it Well, that's kind of you to say. I think it worked for a couple of reasons. First of all, it was three Denver natives. So I think we knew the market through and through. You know, they hadn't brought us in from New York two and a half years ago and pretended like we're some Broncos expert. Or Nebraska. Yeah. And, and second of all, Marilat was the PD. People don't understand that. James Marilat was the program director, so he was allowed to have direction of, like you said, that show, a little bit of guy talk, a lot of honesty, some negativity, all things that when you bring in someone new, they may or may not like. Is this kind of like what John Gruden's doing and he's like, I want to get all people I brought in type of thing, and you have to like kind of kind of clean house if that's somebody that didn't come in under your uh, your administration. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Khalil Mack, that'll work out at the end of the day. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, I think inevitably there was going to be change, and the worst kept secret route, and you don't even know this, Maryland got that promotion in May. That promotion happened months ago. We didn't have a PD for a few months. So then we were kind of just going along, going along, going along, and then they bring the new guy in, the consultant comes in, and it was very clear, okay, summer's over, changes are come. And a lot of the people who remain at the station have contracts on the TV side, and I could see how it would be a matter of, if you're not one of those people, or one of the named people who came in with an with a, with a agent and a contract, you're expendable because we can get rid of you. You're kind of in the crosshairs when you don't have a contract and you don't contribute to their TV station. Um, now, I, let me back up a little bit. Do you remember the Simpsons episode when um, when the, the, the cartoonist that made Itchy and Scratchy was there and the, and the guys were going... Uh, in episode uh, 345, uh, and they, they go they go in elaborate uh, detail about how they you know the, they screwed up the episode. That kind of reminds me of Colin in that he's really paid a lot of attention. Now, obviously, that's flattering, but isn't it kind of weird too that he's 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 that that in depth and knows that much about you guys and the, and the show? Uh, I guess, but without <laughs> people like Colin, I, I don't know if we would have the audience that we did. That's true. That, that's I, the diplomatic answer. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that the audience was huge. I think it was loyal. I, I'm not going to sit here and say they blew up a show that had 40,000 people every day listening to it. But I think they blew up a show that uh, people liked. It was genuine. And as soon as people found it, they stayed. That was the tricky thing. And, and I think in local sports talk radio, and I saw it with... You know, I've known many hosts at my high sports, and what they have to try and do to try and, you know, to try and, and of course, my high sports doesn't even look at those numbers. They don't use those numbers, and for a reason. And the case you have to make if you're a host at my high sports is you don't need numbers because the people I'm going to bring you are going to shop your company and they're going to tell you it's because of me. So that's what I have to offer. If you want numbers, arbitrary numbers, I can't, I can't provide them. And so I think with a show like yours, it's almost the same argument. It's not, I can bring you the volume of a show at 104.3 Fan, but I can bring you a more loyal buyer. And that's where if I had a show like that, if there's one thing I would change, 
it's a lot more sponsor driven program because and I think you can work the two together because that that is how you benefit a sponsor who trusts you to use your numbers to your advantage. Can a show can a show like that work still? So you, we all know that if you don't talk the Bron- talk about the Broncos, you're you're not going to succeed, right? And so, but this has proved it wrong in that there's other sports to talk about, there's other things to cover. You that, guys did Rockies better than any other station, and, and and that's what a real and this is what I always say: if you can be a you can be a Broncos fan, um, or you can I only like the, I only like the Rockies, that's fine. But I consider myself a Denver sports fan. I like all of it, so I want to hear about all of it. I don't want to hear about Broncos, and that's why I stopped listening to those stations a long time ago. But can it work with with podcasts coming in where they where they're specialized? Can somebody make that work where you can say, "Hey, look, we're going to cover all of them"? Because I know that in Boston or places like that, they're covering all of these teams. They're saying, "Hey, we're going to cover the Pats. We're going to cover the Red Sox. We're going to cover the Bruins." Why? Can't people get over the hump and be into something like that here? Well, I think it goes back to what Colin said about the ratings game is, is kind of skewed towards the fan because the fan's been around forever. No one knew who we were. Our biggest uh, marketing effort, honestly, got was Vic Lombardi's Twitter and his 80,000 followers. So that was, a, that was a tricky thing for us was they blamed it on, well, you need to talk more Broncos. We blamed it on, no one knows this stick exists, you know, so um, but, to answer your question, can you talk at all? Yes, but those teams have to be good. True, yeah. Denver true. is a you know, this may not be popular, in my opinion Denver's a bandwagon town. And the Rockies, Abs, and Nuggets are all trending. With the exception of the Broncos. And the Broncos. They are not a bandwagon team. No, we're going to talk about them regardless. But the Abs, Nuggets, and Rapids, and whatever you better believe. Yeah, exactly. that's, the, that's what we are. So the timing of it was tricky that the Abs were coming off their worst season ever, one of the worst seasons in NHL history, the Nuggets missing the playoffs five years in a row, kind of meandering around, and uh, the Broncos were the juicy topic. So, yeah, we can say, well, we're going to talk at all, but then that's not going to produce the numbers management wants, so it's a little chicken. But on the other hand, why talk Broncos when you've got Orange and Blue 760, a team-owned station and the fan which is completely controlled by the Broncos as well so it, uh, it doesn't seem to me like that's a sound strategy for a launching station but you especially one that wants to stand grumpy who owns the Avalanche and the Nuggets you answered your own question though we were at least initially maybe now more so we were uh, handcuffed by having to be positive about the Broncos we could really dive into the uh, let's say the ownership situation what's the other stations aren't allowed to touch so that would have been a benefit too, especially in this current climate. I mean, that's why it's a bummer you can't talk about Chad Kelly breaking into someone's house. Yeah, oh, a lot we're, of topics to oh, touch yeah, on. We're going to talk about that for sure. Um, no, I think that with podcasts. So I it just I was thinking about Boston just because of the World Series. So if the Bruins, the Bruins have been around forever. So they're they've got the, the Red Sox. Same thing. Let's say the Pats are the ones that have only been around since like you know like the last fifteen years. And I know that's not true, Pats fans. I always say I always say that, I always say they're an expansion team from 2000 because that's the only time I start hearing about their fans. Um, so, but so with podcasts, if if the Bruins are bad, you know the Bruins are bad, and people are like oh, I don't want to talk about the radio. They people can still go to their podcast and listen, and you know, and, and get their information for it or whatever. Um, if those people know how to use computers, that is. But with the with the Avalanche, great. You know, great sustained success right off the bat. Then went away for a long time, and then things changed. Like technology changed, everything kind of went away. So then, 
radio kind of left them behind almost. Mm-hmm. And so then podcast came in and it was like, well, this is this is the only place I can get information on this team that sucks, right? So so they're not going to talk about the radio. So it's almost like it's kind of left those teams behind the Rockies as well. Rockies have been good, you know, getting there, been good for the last couple of years. But in the meantime, radio has been a wasteland for them. So it's almost like they've just kind of abandoned it and it's like, well, we can't just go back now. So it's almost like it's going it, to... It, it will need a long time for them to be good, going back to what you said, for radio to kind of hit on those topics more often than not, don't you think? Well, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's insane to me to what extent it is a Broncos town. And it takes championships to change that. And obviously the Avalanche have theirs. And the Avalanche have, I think, the most passionate fans out of all four major sports. Do you agree with that? In Denver. Uh, most passionate, but the smallest sample size, right? I, I just mean concentrated most passion. Like, those that are loyal Avalanche fans are way, way into that team. They're, like, crazy. Like, like, the, like everybody's a Broncos fan, right? right? Everyone's a Broncos fan, and everyone's got a fucking opinion. They'll let you know about it all day long, as we've all found out. And that's what we're here for. Yeah, that's what we're here for. But with, with the Avalanche, I think, and, and to the, the Nuggets to an extent, but I think it's, it's far less. Um, I go, kind of going back to what I said, they've been abandoned for so long. They're like, screw you guys. We're going to create our own thing here, and that's why they're kind of like you know pretty pretty prickly about it. But I think they are very passionate because I think they've had to like uh, you know weather the storm this whole time, and they've kind of created their own universe. You know what I mean? You are getting to something there. That hockey guy is the most sensitive guy ever, and he's the guy who would blow us up on our text line. Why aren't you talking hockey? Why aren't you talking hockey? You would talk hockey for 45 seconds, and he would tell you six things you did wrong. Why are you talking about Matt Nieto like that? He's a third-line stuff. Dude, you asked me to break down hockey. I, I took a flyer on it, and now my Matt Nieto analysis isn't good enough. Or whatever, you know? So I'm with you. It's funny. Hockey guy wants you to talk about it, but then if you don't talk about it in precisely their way. So maybe these abs, I, passionate's one word. They're the most elitist fan base in town. Oh, and they're insane. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're crazy people. Colin's Matt Nieto analysis is terrible. Let me tell you, his, his is really bad. I can't even pronounce <laughs> he the ghetto. Can't, he can't even do it. prefer so. Carl Soderbergh. Ah, I can pronounce Soderbergh. Yeah, you sure can. So. Can't so um, we got a lot to get to, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna definitely cover it for the folks in uh, podcast land and, and those um, and those um, people those people those right there. People. If they, I don't know if I can't see anymore, so I couldn't tell you how many people are, are probably not many. are watching. Hopefully not. But uh, um, I, there's usually a couple. They they pick it up later. So, but uh, we'll get into the first. Uh, we'll get into this uh, second quarter here in our first break. Man, you really are tired. I am tired. I'm I'm kind of out of it. I'm trying to I'm trying to struggle through. Trying not to trying to point out all the parts I fuck up because you know how we're gonna do, we're gonna do some of Emmanuel Sanders blow. Oh yeah. During the break, and we'll see if we can. Well, we're gonna more. talk. We gotta talk about that because that's an interesting thing because that went like. 100 miles an hour to screeching halt, and it's it was very fascinating. That was just one aspect of, of the exciting day yesterday. I kind of wish we were doing this last yeah, night. Yesterday was good. Yeah, it was really good. It was excellent. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Crank those tunes, baby. Crank those tunes. <laughs>
Hey everybody, I got I got news for you. There's a new store in the annex at Sportique Scooters. It's called the Leech Pit. They've had a store in Colorado Springs for over 15 years, and now they've got a store in Denver at 162 South Broadway. What is the fucking Leech Pit? Oh my God. They've been keeping Colorado Springs lame for 15 years, and they're going to make Denver lame again. About time. With record albums and vintage clothing and streetwear and... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Garbage Patch Kids, man, this is a place you got to check out. 162 South Broadway, it's the Leech Pit. And when you check out the Leech Pit, please tell them the South Stand Which poses the greatest risk to a Broncos player career? Von Miller's Halloween party or Kenyon Martin's birthday party? Is Von always sure to invite a girl named Molly? Is John Elway glad to have the Chad Kelly mess behind him so the Broncos can move forward with no character issues whatsoever? You guys are allowed to laugh. That's not forbidden. <sighs> Did Vance Joseph sit down with Chad Kelly to discuss his own experience with being places where he was not invited? When Matt Prater heard about the incident, did he sneer and utter fucking amateur? If Swag doesn't land with another NFL team, should he pursue a job as a spokesperson for Nest Home Security Cameras? Does Kevin Hogan have a sick rap song? Now that he's free from prison, should the Broncos consider bringing in Ray Carew? since he can convince men to do just about anything. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, let's see, where was I? Is Brittany Bolden, like, super totally stoked on the Broncos? Does she dot the I in Brittany with a little heart? In response to Case Keenum's new book, Playing for More, Trust Beyond What You Can See, did Paxton Lynch publish a coloring book about pirates? <laughs> is, is Dodgers-Red Sox a perfectly acceptable World Series matchup since the Hitlers and Dahmers were both eliminated in the earlier rounds? You have questions. We have answers. SouthStandsDenver.com, Colorado's finest internet sports talk since 1971. <clears throat> do you have uh, I do not sniff the coke I only smoke Sensamia <laughs> I can find it I'll find okay. it okay uh, you know uh, Scott Scott's sick and we're, we're really glad to have you Jeff I know Scott would have prepared a a a a, 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 <laughs> a heap of cocaine that <laughs> But uh, you know, I didn't want to go with the Clapton because that's just too predictable. It's, it's on, it's on the nose. Yeah, it's yeah. on the nose. Uh, but yeah, there's there's lots of cocaine references in various songs, like like Snowblind earlier. But you know, that's that's just all about cocaine. But the funny thing is, let me tell you, let me give you a little Black Sabbath lore here. In that song, it's the cocaine is in parentheses and it's just whispered in the song, cocaine like that. But when he is in, I think it's Speak of the Devil. I think it's the Speak of the Devil the live album. He's like, he's just shrieking it. He's shrieking cocaine, and, and it's hilarious because he's all high on cocaine at the time. So, um, 
when you were talking about Chad Kelly for uh, for the for the Nest uh, alarm system, yeah, I just thought about that. You know how like when they show like an alarm commercial, it's always like it's always like kind of like a scruffy white guy uh-huh. that's, like, that's yeah. breaking in. He's, he's he's the guy. He's their next guy. That's it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's really it's really a good uh, career path for him, I think. Because you know they can't have anybody else breaking in because that's just, they don't want to they don't want any problems. But they can get a scruffy looking, wild eyed white guy to do it. So well, Marco uh, Jeff was saying off mic that that this kind of thing happens all the time. People drunkenly stumble into other and, people's and houses. People and people get shot in the fucking face most of the time too. Oh, he's very very lucky. He didn't oh my shot. god! Yeah. yeah, it's he's very lucky. I, I wouldn't have beaten on him with a vacuum hose. Oh man! Oh, that yeah. was the best. When I heard that detail, I was just like, "Can this get any better?" Well, I think you're grabbing whatever you can find, right? You got a random guy in your cabin. Yeah. Vacuum hose. Oh, you're right though. He could have ended up dead. That is the uh, the underrated part. And, and nobody, and you couldn't be convicted for that. Random dudes asleep on your couch and you shoot them in the head, you're fine. So, so he had have been wasted. I mean, he was wasted. But it wasn't. That's not alcohol. Alcohol does not cause you to break into something. I think he was on fucking crazy shit. He was probably on something, but alcohol had to be a catalyst. Sure, along with some crazy shit. It had to have uh, fired up the engines, so to speak. You know what I mean? He escaped from the security at the Gothic Theater. So he's he's obviously pumped up, and he went running over to Lincoln Street where he invaded a home. I mean, it takes some energy to do that. You're not like stumbling drunk. Okay, so like, let's say let's say you're really wasted. You go home. You live in a house or apartment, whatever. An apartment, I would imagine, would be really easy to do it because you'd just be stumbling around and you just go. You're, to the you're wrong, in building three instead of you go to the door. wrong door, and and I think that would happen all the time. But he went ran across the street to Lincoln, which is a, a block away, right, half a block away. Um, and then he went into a house. It wasn't like he lived there. Like he was like, "Oh, my house is just around no, the corner." No, he, guys he, like him don't live on thirty-two hundred block of yeah, South so, Street. So had it been wasted, um, their addresses are like sixty-eight. The <laughs> really though, and I just it just and and I and I know that what was what was interesting though is all the stuff that flew immediately. And you know how it goes with sports media. Everyone's got to get the you know the, the the story on it, right? So the first thing that came out is TMZ and the and the co- once he got once they everyone knew he was busted. It was the cocaine party, right? And the whole thing is is everybody believed it. TMZ said TMZ said cocaine themed costumes. That was the exact word. Costume party. No. You sure? It said. Ex- Cocaine okay, themed still, costumes. Still, TMZ is 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 trashy, and they're gonna they're gonna say whatever they're the they want. To, to, yeah, they're the trashiest, and they got everybody riled up. The, f- the whole thing is is that everybody believed it. Everybody went, I totally believe this. This is this makes sense, right? Cocaine themed party. My favorite part is every media member having you get the text from Broncos PR. Hey, it wasn't cocaine themed. It was Western <laughs> themed. And so they all start hitting your timeline. Hey, it wasn't coke. Did you ever expect Mike Kliss on a Tuesday noon? <laughs> it wasn't a coke theme party. He tweeted out the flyer. He got the flyer. I want somebody, graphic designers out there who are listening, and I know you're probably the only ones who are. Please Photoshop me a Von Miller's cocaine-themed party flyer. <laughs> the Von Miller's annual Here's cocaine-themed party. They're grown men. They can do whatever they no, want. No, they're not, though. Yes, they are. No, they're emotionally... They're intellectually that, emotionally that, that is a whole hour of podcast. We could talk about <laughs> emotionally stunted athletes. Yes, that's that's a whole other topic, Colin. But for There's now, a world going on that they just haven't oh, abso- in a long time. Absolutely, because I said I was saying, like, 
Hey, I have never been photographed holding a bag of cocaine, whether it's fake or not. <laughs> no, okay, no, I and mean, it was on his own social media feed. Think, like I remember, I remember, and we're much older than you are, Will. I remember, like, just like smoking bombs, and like, like if a camera, nobody, nobody taking any pictures. Oh my god, I do not no, want a picture of me no. smoking a bomb, right? And so now I think it's so just easy to take a picture. How easy it is to take a picture? Not only did they take a picture, and he was holding the bag of cocaine. Like, like yeah. And I was okay. So Tyrone Biggums. We we know what Tyrone Biggums is, right? And that was the funny thing about a lot of the people who are very high and mighty. They're like, obviously, you don't know who Tyrone Biggums is. You're you're showing your your classist nature by not knowing who Tyrone Biggums is, Mike Kliss, or whatever. I'm an enlightened white. Person. Exactly. I was like, okay, most of us know who Tyrone. Everyone knows who Tyrone Biggums is, right? That's a hilarious costume. That's a hilarious character. Yeah, it's making fun of a crackhead, sure. But that is that is a character that if a, if a Bronco player wanted to do, it's it's an ode to Dave Chappelle. Awesome, that's great. Why on earth was he was he supposed to be Bobby he was Brown? Bobby Brown. Why on earth, if you were Bobby Brown, would you carry a fucking fake? <laughs> Think about how you drive. Were you gonna drive home with that in your car seat? How'd you well, how'd you get there? Well, you car seat? the costume's too vague. How can you do a Bobby Brown costume? He just looks like a bunch of other guys. Bobby Brown is certainly, uh, we all uh, suspect that he was doing a lot of cocaine. Well, you, you, you need an inflatable Rihanna. You that, just beat on it the whole time. Well, why, why, why couldn't they be, if they were Rick James? Okay, Rick James, another, another thing from Chappelle, right? Rick James talking about cocaine. You could have been Rick James. If he had the Rick James hair and was holding a bag of coke, you would have went, oh, Rick James. Instead, it just looked like a Bronco player having a bag of coke. And it was like, it was like, oh, my God, are you that fucking dumb? And it's like, it's again, Bronco's PR is probably not going around going, hey, we're going to make sure you got the right costume on, guys. They're not doing that. I understand. That, that would probably, maybe they're doing that. I don't know. Maybe that, that's, their, that's their thing. It just was so, it was just so ill-advised just to do that. Because, again, if it was just Tyrone Biggums, they Everyone went. I know that guy. Ha ha. That's great. And and you know he's he's got like the white stuff on his face. No big deal. Big bag of coke. Come on, dude. That's just so dumb. And that just that basically was just gasoline on that fire that was already burning. And it was just a fucking free for all at that point. Well, to hammer home, it was a western theme. What part of Brandon Marshall's costume was western? <laughs> well, they were they were saying then someone was like, well, so and so was Boba Fett or somebody yeah. like that. And it was like it was like, okay, yeah, you know, I guess you don't have to be a fucking cowboy if you don't want to be. But but still, it was like, dude, just don't go with that. It was like, why would you why would you do that and then allow yourself to be photographed like that? It doesn't make any I'm sense. I'm a child rapist. Yeah, it's for Halloween. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like Colin. I'd go, Colin, don't be a child rapist for Halloween, uh, for Halloween, and, and certainly don't be photographed and let people see it. And especially now, when that photo, that photo went around the world in 30 seconds. I've got an inflatable 14-year-old from Mexico. But as as Mike Cliss pointed out, we all know Mike Cliss is really. We'll give it to us straight. He was like, the, the, Broncos, the Broncos are not upset with Vaughn Miller and his cowboy-themed party. They're really upset with, with Chad Kelly. And that's really the focus of the, um, of, 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 the, of the person who really fucked up that night. Because, you know, the cocaine, big, big bag of cocaine, that's a, that's a bad decision. But it's not like getting wasted and breaking into someone's house bad. And that's, yeah. That's so, Colin, you, you think you have some other, other details about this. Now, these are all alleged, right? We can't say. Totally know, alleged. Sure. Yes, I am the least credible person you could possibly That use. That is not a shock. Um, but uh, from what I understand, there was another altercation during the show, uh, during the party, rather, uh, there at the Gothic Theater. 
between Pac-Man Jones and a rapper who's in what? What? So Cervantes. Yeah, you, what, my world, my world's collapsing around me. Pac-Man Jones, causing controversy. Apparently, yes. I heard. I heard. I again. I did my disclaimer. I'm making this up. I'm, that's my disclaimer. This I'm lying. That's my disclaimer. Well, I, I'm making this up. But I know I heard this guy's. And I looked at the. I looked up the rapper. It's something Genesis. Like it starts with an A. Phil Collins. No. No. Phil Collins, Phil the rapper. Collins. Genesis. Phil Collins, the rapper. No, it's not. Work, work with no, me. He's, he's an African American rapper from um, Los Angeles area, give or take. And uh, he's here for a show at Cervantes. So he, it's conceivable he could have been at the Gothic for the big Broncos party because that's, you know, rappers might be invited to a Broncos party. I'm just saying. Sure. Um, and apparently, you know, things went awry. It sounds to me like it was a alcohol and drug fueled melee. And. That is a thing to be concerned about. When I hear Vance Joseph and Elway and the media and Mike Liss and everybody else saying, oh, this is just adults having a nice Halloween party. No, it's not that at all. It's a bunch of, it's an orgy of fucking chaos. And you've got guys running away from security and breaking into houses. Extremely immature people. It's just fucking ridiculous. And it is part and parcel of the Vance Joseph era of the Denver Broncos. And that motherfucker sucks, and he's got to go. And I hope the fucking hell the Broncos go into Kansas City and get bloodied and beaten and torn from limb to limb. Because this organization needs huge changes, and it needs it before I can really be a fan again. I'm sorry. Well, you followed the Broncos all your life. What is the What are the odds that something like this has happened in the past, maybe when Mike Shanahan was coach? But because we didn't have social media, we didn't have the way news travels, that this stuff just gets swept under the rug. Oh, I think the odds are significantly, they're astronomical that they've happened before. Yes. You're right. It's 2018. Bob Miller has had this party every year. Yes. And you know why they were also mad at Chad Kelly? Because his arrest blew up the party. Guess who doesn't get to have this party next year? Von Miller. Oh, yeah. There is no chance. And that's why they were all so upset. Because if, the, if he doesn't get arrested, do the costumes get as much attention? No. Now the party has become a storyline. And you've got Emmanuel Sanders today at Dove Valley going, what party? I, don't, I want to talk about a party. I don't want to talk about my costume. I want to talk about Kansas City. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm with you. This stuff happens all the time. But do you know why people don't really have company parties anymore? Because there's a good chance someone's going to get in trouble. Everything's on the phone, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah, and 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 it's and like I said, it's they won't be able to have it again, and I'm sure they're pissed. And I, I I'm with you. Vance Joseph sucks, but my point is is that Pac-Man Jones has been doing this at every party he's ever gone to, and so this is nothing new. You've got immature people with a lot of alcohol and anything else. They're put in this situation, and for some reason they just can't avoid fucking trouble. They just have to act out. That sucks. Now to your point. It's probably, uh, it, it is more of a symptom of Vance Joseph not having any control, and they're basically like, fuck this guy, he's gone anyway, we don't really care, so we're just going to do whatever we want, and I think that then, they know the season's probably over too, so they're like, fuck it, we don't really care, so, begs the question, Vance Joseph, gone, I mean, is he, maybe not the end, maybe not, maybe not in the next couple games, but by the end of the season, right? Yeah, he's clearly gone, he's not going to survive. Uh, this offseason, I don't think he'll make it through the season either. I think it'll turn into a Josh McDaniels type thing. Two, three, four games to go, they'll get rid of him. Uh, but what I want to know, guys, is why didn't Chad Kelly get more credit for sticking to the feed? 
word on the street is he was Woody from Toy Story. Come on, he at least was in the Western theme. <laughs> True. Somebody did say that. I saw somebody say that. He was dressed as Woody from Toy Story. He had a red scarf around his neck. <laughs> that was in the paper. Oh, my God, that's awesome. I love the story more now, even more. He was Woody from Toy Story. See, he's a child. Woody from Toy Story broke into your house. If they're going to cram this, well, it's themed down our throat, well, Chad at least followed the theme. Chad at least followed the theme. So, yeah, um, that's that's really good. I, I hope that's the case. But still, Matt, how bizarre is that, that you come in and this dude's sitting on your couch talking to your <laughs> you wife know, and, you, and your, you and your kid? You don't have really, really fucking sick here and today. This is all, all been today, obviously, but uh, I hope it gets to help you. Fuck <laughs> yeah, you! Yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 the that's the thing you have to say. If you don't say that, then you're insensitive. You know. I no, mean, well, I'm I mean, insensitive. Fuck you! I mean, I that guy's been an asshole. He got kicked off his high school oh, yeah, football he sucks. team, his college football team, and now a pro football team. You're an asshole. Oh, he's a piece of shit. Now, now we don't want him to die, and I'm sure his family loves him, and and so we don't want that. But but fuck him. You know, fuck him. What an asshole. What a piece of shit. And I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I thought, you know what? This obviously he's big time. He could be the fucking quarterback of the Denver Broncos before he knows it and go and do something fucking stupid like that. Good riddance. Sucks. Um, you know what? Best of luck. But, you know, uh, my, my uh, thoughts and prayers don't go out to you, Chad Kelly. I don't really, I don't really give a fuck. Um, we, got, we can talk about this tomorrow, but we gotta, we got to hit the break. we got to hit the halftime already. So I've hit, We've hit exactly uh, one thing. I might well, this was a pretty big thing, wasn't it? Was yeah, it not? that was a big, big thing. thing. we so. got another big thing to talk about in the second half. Okay, we got we got lots to get to. So let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Mutiny Information Cafe, right up the road at Ellsworth and Broadway. Excellent coffee shop with ice cubes made out of coffee. So you get nice coffee. It's not going to get watered down at Mutiny Information Cafe, where you can check out a vast selection of used books, new and used vinyl, pins, patches, memorabilia, t-shirts. Stop by Mutiny Information Cafe. Say hi to Matt. And please, when you do... Let those guys know you heard about them on the South. Sports! Yeah! <laughs> That's how it works. We're, um, I mean, we have sports to talk about. Well, not even really sports, sports, sports culture to talk about. So it's good. Usually, like you get, 
in the summertime, it's pretty lean. You know, we're talking we're talking Rockies, but you got to kind of you know find stuff to talk about. But there's actually things to discuss. It's kind of nice. a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. So um, good stuff. Um, I, I know people they wanted all the dirt. They wanted all the dirt on this this Chad Kelly thing, and um, I don't know if anybody knows much dirt other than you know just kind of a couple things that we brought up. But I just wanted to t- to put a bow on it, as they say, and uh, you know just. Uh, just kind of say that uh, you know it's it's gross and uh, it's really kind of indicative of where the Broncos have gone over the last uh, few years. Short time too, from Super Bowl to you know having your uh, having your crooked-eyed quarterback um, on the on the uh, cover of TMZ and you know mugshots everywhere. Um, it's it's pretty gross. I think it's and I think that nothing is going to change permanently. And I, this is a, just one of those great great podcast segues. Until the ownership situation changes. And this is something that Will and I have discussed at times. Um, what's going to happen? I mean, obviously now Brittany Bolin has stated that she'd like to be the uh, the you know the operating owner. Of the yeah, me Broncos. too, baby. I want me coming out and saying, you know what? I want to own the team. Someone give it to me. Well, no, is it is it is there going to be a resolution at, in the offseason, you think? Yeah, I do. Good. I, I think that... Uh, here, let's let's break this down a little bit. Beth you, Bowler, you've got the trust. You've got the trust, and the trust is Joe Ellis, Rich Slipka, longtime Broncos employees, and Mary Kelly, who's Pat Bowen's attorney. In theory, the trust has to be on the same page with what to do with the team. But it's like a two out of three vote, right? You would think so. That they can outvote two to one, and right now, Beth Bowen can chirp all she wants. She's not getting the team. First of all. Beth Bowen had her chance with the Broncos. I thought it was Brittany that said she wanted the team. Well, now they both have. Beth went initially, to right. Nikki a few months ago. Brittany's on just the other day. Brittany the yeah. other day. Yeah. Now, here's the advantages Brittany has going for her. One, she hasn't screwed up her relationship with the team because she didn't go and work for them and was a total mess up. Beth went and worked for the Broncos years ago, and they weren't a fan. Management wasn't a fan. Brittany also is from Pat's second marriage. Brittany is Annabelle's daughter. Beth is from the first marriage. Beth will never get this team. Because look at it. She's in her mid-40s. She went to law school. She did all the things the trust says she has to do. And then Joella says, mm, she's not quite ready yet. And people go, well, why not? And she goes, I'm not commenting any further on that. Code for I will never give her this <laughs> yeah. team ever. Now what they're doing is they're identifying Brittany. Brittany is my age. She's 28 years old. She's at least five years away. And she dots the eye with a heart. Do you guys think that Joe Ellis and Mary Kelly and Rich Slivka are going to hang on to this thing for another five years just to get Brittany ready? No. And as the headlines came out in July, and this is from Mickey Javala, who I trust a lot, her headline on The Athletic was Brittany or Sell. Read between the lines. This team will be sold, in my opinion, in this offseason or the next offseason. I can't imagine I, they hold on for another five years to groom Brittany. Well, and, and I got a headline. It's not Brittany, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. Come on. Uh, it's, it, it. <laughs> the fuck is the point I was going to make? Uh, awesome comment. so great. God damn it. Uh, no, but uh, the... Yeah. Well, fuck! No, it... Stupid. No, all that, all that makes sense, and I think it does. It does point to that they're just going to sell it. But 
if you were Brittany, wouldn't you be like, hey, I, I, I kind of want this team. You know, can I get the team? You'd think you'd be like, can't we put somebody in place to, like, you know, bring me along in five years? Because they don't give a fuck. Why don't they, why, they're out of there, right? They, they'd be like, well, we're going to give it to you. That's what, that's what, that's what uh, Pat wanted. Let's get the fuck out. No, no, no. Joe Ellis, Joe Ellis cares too much about the team. I honestly believe that. Now, he doesn't want to spend much what time What if Joe Ellis and John Elway are going to work for 28-year-old Brittany Bullock? No, no, no. But what I'm saying is they install somebody... They go. Here's your. Here's here's the person that's gonna you're gonna answer to for the next five years, and then and then we're gonna let you let you uh, you two hash it out, and we're out of here. Can they do that? I don't think that's honoring the trust, though. I don't yeah. think that's honoring what Pat wants. I think Pat's very clear in the trust. Either give it to a kid yeah. or sell. It. What are the other? Well, the other option is blood of the city, Johnny Bullard. He's oh. not gonna get it. He's he's. He's sitting on somebody's couch getting hit with a vacuum tube right now. <laughs> they clearly have identified Brittany as the favorite. Joe Ellis is going to have to decide he wants to stick this thing out for the long run. Now, when you have Peyton You're, Manning... Well, as we've discussed, Joe Ellis prefers to spend his time in Maine. He's a member of the Bush family, along with Walk, your friend Walker Stapleton, oh. by the way. They're actually, they're actually related. Um, but he doesn't... No, he doesn't want to continue to fly to Denver... And deal with all of the uh, deal with all of this madness, and certainly not deal with a feud between the bowling kids. Do you think Joe Ellis woke up yesterday and said, "Oh, Chad Kelly got arrested. I'm glad I get to go to work today." Ooh, boy, this is awesome. I mean, yeah. think about it. If you're Joe Ellis, you've made a ton of money. You've got to play de facto NFL owner. You won a Super Bowl you're as a part of the New World Order. You've got a room underneath DIA. Come on! I I totally get it, and I wouldn't want to stick around either. I just I you know I think I obviously that they could just they could probably sell it. But let's say you're your man, your man. You think you're the one dude. The one dude's gonna be the owner, or whatever. But I mean, they Charlie Ergen. Every, everybody's got everyone's gonna have a, a battle plan, right? So they would have to give uh, Brittany a battle plan. And say, okay, you're gonna have this person here. They're gonna do this. You're gonna. Pat Bowen is obviously everyone always says great owner. He was he was fantastic, and part of the reason why is he let people do their jobs. He just kind of hung out and stand there and, and nod. And he, and he would write a check when he had. To. He'd write a check when he had. To. He wasn't Jerry Jones. He'd fucking meddle all the time. So it would be kind of the same thing. Hey, do like what your dad did. Uh, you know, be on some decisions, but let these people do the do the work for you. But hang on, here's here's where I think people get confused is if they sell the team, that means the bowling kids can start suing the Broncos and suing the NFL. No, they can't. They, if they sell the team, the bowling family gets their money, and then they are no longer affiliated with the Denver Broncos. So if Brittany Bowling says, I'm suing the Broncos, Roger Goodell says, uh, no, this team was sold in a private transaction. Your family got your money. Go sue each other in court. We're no longer Oh, and the Western is praying that happens. Sell the team, give the money to the kids, and watch the sparks fly. Westwood will live off of that for five years. If Charlie Ergen, who, who you brought his name up, he's worth $10 billion, whatever. He founded Dish Network over in, their headquarters are over in Littleton. Say he writes a check tomorrow for $2.6 billion. And Brittany and Johnny Bullen go, nope, can't do that. Roger Goodell goes, yeah, he can. 
It, they sold the team. You cannot sue him. Your family is private citizens. Because if, you the, get the, if, the, tr if the trust says yes, we are selling it. Exactly. Yes. If Joe Ellis barely more than a mega million. Yeah. If Joe <laughs> Ellis and Mary Kelly said we sold it for two point six billion dollars. Yeah. The kids can't do anything. And now, if you're Beth Bolin and you're like, I know I don't have a chance to get this fucking team. She's probably just raising raising hell just to get her name in there. But wouldn't you just take that payout and be like, cool. Oh yeah, like, I you would never work another day in your life. No, no, no. You could you could go to you could go to Port of Ireland and go. I think I'll have this resort, please. Yeah, yeah. It's it, I, I get it. They they want everyone wants to own an NFL team. It's 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 very it's very. I you got a lot of clout in NFL team. Well, I. I'd like to sell one. I'd like to be the blood of the city and reap the benefits and and fucking you know not have to you know do the day to day. But um, yeah, it's Sp speaking of the blood of the city. Briefly before we, I, I assume we're getting close to break. If Chad not Kelly break. is blood of the city too. <laughs> no, John Elway is the real blood of the city. And I'd like to ask Will: Is is all of this? Let's say the team is sold or it's not. Either way. I heard DMAC make, make a really fascinating point the other day that I had not heard made, and that is that John Elway predates Pat Bowling in this organization. Mm. When he was drafted, Edward Kaiser owned the team. Um, so if there's a face of, if there's a prince of the Broncos, there's no denying that it's John Elway. Is, what should his role be within the organization if it's not owner or de facto owner or acting owner or partner He's not been the world's greatest general manager. Where do we go from here with the real blood of the city, John Elway? Mm, I think if the team is sold, John Elway will be told, appreciate your services, we're bringing in a new regime. And we're putting a statue of you in front of Valley Stadium. Why would a new owner relinquish all their power immediately to John Elway? The reason John Elway has so much power right now is because him and Joe Ellis don't have a boss. There is no boss at Dove Valley. I have heard so many different times Joe Ellis can fire John Elway, and then I've heard, actually, John Elway is unfireable because there's no boss, because the trust would never agree to it, because that wasn't addressed in Pat's wishes. It's unbelievable to me that people don't talk about the Broncos' dysfunction boils down to this, there is no boss. Oh my God. Wouldn't wouldn't they though? And I and I get that because if 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 I paid all that money, I'd be like, I'm the boss. I'm the boss now. So I'm the two point six billion. Yeah, 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 I'm the, I'm the man now. So Mr. Elway, again, thank you for your service. But wouldn't they keep him around in like a um, almost like kind of like Chauncey Billups shows up and, for the sure. Nuggets? Sure, Carl Mecklenburg. Like, yeah, and like yeah, like waves and everything. He'd be like he'd be like, look, John, we're gonna you know you we'll we'll give you a, a title whatever, and you can sure. show up and wave, and we'll pay you. You know, we'll pay you a couple hundred grand a year just to do it. You know, I think that that's probably where where it would go. It would I be bet it'd be half a million. Would John want to do that though? Yeah, maybe not. But he's I mean, won three titles: two as a player, one as a GM. New owner comes in; it's almost like you're just starting it. Clear. Yeah, but doesn't doesn't he prefer golf and scotch to actually working? Doesn't he doesn't he prefer just to be fucking around? Wouldn't you and prefer fuck to it. And fuck, fuck it? it. Why? Well, I'd be like, hey, you want me to show up and wave every fucking couple times, and I get a half a million a year, and I can go golf and, and drink all day? Sign me up. You can go to those black tie galas and get blown yeah. in the bathroom by hot. Whoa, you got a scoop? You got a scoop? Is that a, is that a scoop? You got a scoop? I should have called scoop. Well, look at what Peyton Manning's doing right now. Everyone is clamoring they for love Peyton Manning to get his next job. Love him. What's Peyton's gig? What's Peyton's yep. gig? 
You know what Peyton's gig is? Sitting in a box watching Eli on Monday Night Football. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning hangs out with his kids, takes them to fucking soccer practice, then he goes and sits in a box and he waves, and then he's making tons of money, and then now he's going to be on ESPN at some point. And uh, that's that's a gig right there. That's an awesome gig, and that's what Elway should be doing. But, you know, that's how it goes. So, hey, let's get into the fourth quarter. That was fucking awesome. That was good stuff. Your first quarter, a little slow. Yeah, you know. That quarter. I woke up. I got some, I got some alcohol. You know what? You know what? You know what gets gets me woken up? A little alcohol gets me woken up. I'm gonna need some more, Colin. You got some more that alcohol? Makes, that makes four of us. You got some more alcohol downstairs? Yeah, oh yeah. Give me some of that alcohol, man. <laughs> That's my time on Biggums. Oh yeah. A little snow blind for you. For uh, for uh, who was who was Bobby Brown? Was it? Uh, it was Brandon. Marshall. Brandon Marshall was Bobby Brown. This is for you, Brandon Marshall. A snow blind. Let's get in the fourth quarter. Crack is whack. Crack is whack. Up with hope, down with dope. Be right back. I saw we do it in England. No reggae music. You must have to choose it. Song first? No. No. Okay. No. No song first. Hit it. I'm just hot. gonna go straight are, into it. Mics are hot. Oh hell yeah, man. they're hot, hot, baby. So. Welcome to the uh, game show. Say my motherfucking name. Your competitors are John Reedy, Bronco Jeff. That's right, baby. And Will H W Peterson. This is the Cronky edition of the new game. Say my motherfucking name. The way this is gonna work, I'm just gonna start reading a clue. Whoever says my motherfucking name first, I'm going to give them credit for the question. So, here we go. Even though the fans were chanting, suck for Seth, the Avalanche used the first pick on Nathan McKinnon. Among Kroenke's real estate holdings are the location of the new L.A. football stadium, Denver's Paramount Theater, Elitch Gardens, Pepsi Center, First Bank Center in Broomfield, and this edifice in Commerce City. Dick's Dick's Park. I'm going with Will. He got it. I was selected by the Cronkies LA Rams with the first overall. I was drafted by Portland and played shooting guard there from 2012 to 2015 before joining the Nuggets for the 2016. Well, Not a Cronkie man, apparently. I'm tied with work for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tied with Victor Hedman and Daniel Sedin as the second highest Swedish draft picks in NHL hey, history. <clears throat> Going Will's way. Wow. Um, I surpassed Liam Kiffin as the youngest head coach ever. We just let we just let the guests win. That's yeah. Really like cool. Will, I am ravishing and a former Cronky Sports employee. When my contract wasn't renewed after the 2017 season, I departed the NBA sidelines for the Big Ten Network. Ali Stern. Yeah. Yeah. I only know that because you have you just talked I've, about her for years. I've had a relationship with Ali Stern. She is, she's wonderful. I was born and raised in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, where my Jamaican father moved at the age of nine. Wow, John, catching up, man. Stage in the comeback. From 2002 to 2006, Cronky Sports owned this now defunct motherfucking motorsports event in downtown Denver. Grand Prix. Bronco. Bronco Jeff. Bronco Jeff. Kicking it 
Old school. Oh, J and J are the same. Oh, I'm gonna go. Alright. I'm probably the only Kroenke employee from my hometown of Sorber, Serbia. <laughs> Serbia. Napoleon. <laughs> Serbia. 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 We actually had a producer from there, too. From Serbia. One of our board Serbia? I guess the, the, I guess the, the, the thing with he he and uh, and Nurkic was that one was Boz and one was Serb. And that That's a bad kind of work well. That's got to be a dynamic. After a decade-long career in hockey's minor leagues, I was at various times the head coach of the South Carolina Stingrays, Springfield Falcons. Jared Bednar? The Kroenke owned De- this Kroenke owned Denver club won its only league championship in 2010. Colorado Rapids. I was born in Independence, Kansas, and played for the Scott Knicks. Scott <laughs> I was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I played for Duke, and I have a brother named Miles. Mason Plumlee. I played my entire 21-year career for the Norniques Avalanche franchise. No Oh, Peter Holter. I served as a sideline reporter and studio host for Mountain West Sports Network, FSN Rocky Mountain, Fox College Sports, and Altitude Sports and Entertainment, and also served as a reporter for the Lingerie Football League. Damn. Did I get that? Yeah. Damn. While living it, when we first yeah, had her on the show, we've had, her on resume. we've had her on twice. The first time, she still worked for the Lingerie Football League. While living in Columbia, Missouri, I was involved in a scandal that would lead to Larry (laughs) (laughs) Stan Kroenke isn't only involved in American sports teams. In 2011, Arsenal. John? Kroenke, man. In late 2017, KSC developed its very very first eSports franchise, the LA Gladiators, who compete at this popular video game. Fortnite. No. It's a... World of Warcraft. This is a huge point for you, John. Call of Duty. Halo. Oh, I know it! I know! 2018. Fuck, I knew it! It's Overwatch. Ah! And your champion of the Save My Motherfucking Name, Kronky Sports Edition, Will H.W. Thank you. Great job, Will. That's really good. La la la, la la la. Bring him up. Bring him up. Mic's up. There you go. Um, no, you don't have to bring the music down, huh? Let it let it ride a little bit. Cause I'm just I just didn't talk nonsense for for you know thirty seconds. I am rusty. I it's fine. Thank you, thank you for filling in for Scott, Jeff. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Thank you, Scott, for having me. Um, and you guys too. When whenever I'm like talking like trivia, like oh, I know all this trivia, my wife's like, you got it. You got to compete. You got to go on some show. Blah blah. But I'm so slow because my my battle brain can't do it fast. Like if you gave me like like a minute to think about the question, I'd be like, oh, Lauren Gardner. That makes sense after I thought about it, but I can't do it quick. It just doesn't happen anymore for me. Well, myself. Will's gone. He's young. His synapses are firing much faster than my, my old synapses. So, um, Speaking of Will's synapses. Yeah, let's talk about Will for, for Yeah, let's just talk about Will for a minute. Will, you came out of the closet this year. 
And uh, I wanted to query you. That, query sorry, you? Query you. Sorry. Bad <laughs> use wow. of language. Um, I wanted to, to inquire uh, about how your experience means and what was it like. And, and I also wanted to pay you a, a kind of a backhanded, I think, compliment. And I don't really know how to handle this one. It, what I really have enjoyed in your post having come out persona is that it's not an outward thing. And to all flamboyant gay men, I wish to issue an apology here, but um, your lack is going of great. flamboyance awesome. your lack of flamboyance <laughs> makes it to me, I think, in a way more more valuable because it in, in a way you are saying, I'm a gay man and it doesn't have to be my thing. Well, yeah. First of all, I appreciate uh, that, that really backhanded compliment there. That was great. No, but here's how it went down. I decided I, I was going to tell sort of um, kind of friends and family that didn't already know, and that all went fine. And, and I was frustrated. How many people did, did, family, did family know? Like, yeah, how many people did know? Close family? Uh, my two best friends knew, and that was it. So close family did not. Uh, I, I talked to a person that sat at a desk across from you for many years. A, a, Meteoric Mars, and he said, I, I had no fucking idea. No, no, no one really did, and, and that's where it became tough because you can get yourself further into the closet when you think it's a big deal because no one can figure it out, right? Um, here's what happened was I, uh, I decided to tell friends and family that all went fine, and then I decided to post about it on Facebook, and that all went great, tremendously well. And then I decided to write an article about it for Mile High Sports, and that went really well. And then the next day, I wrote it on a Tuesday night, about 6.45 a.m., Vic said, let's talk about this on the show. And I said, no, 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 we're not talking about it. And he goes, sure? I said, we're not talking about it. He goes, dude, it's all good. I, I want to talk about it. No, we're, we're good. He said, all right. And he respected that, and we dove right into it and talked whatever the hell we talked about that morning. Broncos, Nuggets, Allen, I can't even remember. Because, to your point, it doesn't define me. I, I'm not trying to come on here and ah, I'm gay. I'm going to give you a standing ovation, a round of applause for how brave I am. No, it's just a part of me. It's, it's something I wanted to tell people. And then I want it to be defined as a sports talk host, not as the gay sports talk host or the gay sports talk. And it, and you have, and it's, and more people have, people are kind of coming to that realization where it's kind of like, this is just a person. This is just an aspect of their their the, who they are that shouldn't really matter one way or the other, and I know a lot of people like that where they're like, I don't want this to define me. I just want it, it's it's good. Hey, here it is. Here's the information. Well, to me, it's a lot like being a pot smoker in Denver in 2018. There was a time at which you whispered it to friends of yours and close family members, and you did, but but then there were other people who made that. Their persona, the people that have the marijuana leaves on their hat, and in their T-shirt, and and it's the same thing. It's the same thing in the gay community. There's, I love the concept of nobody cares. Yes, it I doesn't fucking matter. And the way you're living it, in my from my perspective as an observer, is that your perspective is it doesn't matter. It doesn't have anything to do with anything beyond my sexuality and my sexuality was none of your business to begin with and so why should it change how you hear me how you see me how you 
interpret the things I say. Well, and, and I'll tell you this much. Someone who I knew at the University of Missouri, and just a friend, nothing more than that, just a friend, was Michael Sam. Michael Sam and I were the same age at the University of Missouri. We were, we were friends. I, I knew Michael. Michael became the gay football player, and that blew up in Michael's face. And I vividly remember watching Michael and Vito making out on national television after he got drafted, and Michael doing the Oprah reality show, yeah, and it all kind of blew up in Michael's face. Now, is any of that Michael's fault? No, but Michael tried to become the gay football player, and it didn't work because people didn't care. They wanted to see the football player. So I was never going to become the gay sports writer, the gay sports talk host. No, I'm just a sports talk host or a sports writer. This is one tiny element of me. And until I've talked about it with you guys tonight, I have not talked about it into a hot mic with anyone. I don't care that we're talking about it now, but it wasn't something I was going to let define me because I saw someone like Michael Sam try to overly embrace it, and it blew up his career. Yeah, un- unless it's unless it's like a, a shtick where you're like, "Hey, I'm the gay sports guy," you know, it's like it's like then it shouldn't even be an it shouldn't even be an issue, you know. Right. But but it's probably also something that you needed to get out of the way and say, hey, everybody, just in case, you know, just I, in case you know. I had to get it off my chest because it had been building for so long. When, when you go to the University of Missouri as an 18-year-old and, and join a fraternity and, and hear the word faggot tossed around yeah. uh, like it's nobody's business, you drive yourself deeper and deeper and deeper into this is an issue kind of thing. Uh, even in my industry, I... I Listen, I won't name names, but there are people in this town who, before they knew, you guys would know very well, use that word very liberally when they're not on radio, not on TV, whatever. And it's, man, you go to a Midwest school, you join a fraternity, you're in sports, and you hear that word, it can drive you deeper in. I finally sort of hit a breaking point. It all kind of came out of this, uh, you know, at times I had regrets about how it all sort of went down, but we're here now today, and it's all fine. And as you guys said, no one gives a shit. What's your perception of the the population within the professional athlete community that is that is classic? Same as uh, standard population. I would say it's anywhere between eight and ten percent. I would say there are guys who we are cheering for in this town. Absolutely, of course there are. I mean, I think that goes now, without saying. But now hold on though. Whereas if you work in an office and you're kind of like, hey, everybody, I just want you to know, you know, I'm gay. The athlete in whatever sport, there's probably ones that are a little more prohibitive for them to admit it. They're not going to. They're not going to come out and do it just because of what's going to what, the 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 fallout that's going to come from it. A lot of times, most teammates are probably like, "Right on, bro. That's cool." But then the media attention and the everything is going to come from. Then there's the Pac-Man Joneses of the world. <laughs> yeah, but I would venture to know that the majority of the teammates, or venture to say that the majority of the teammates actually know. And Probably all right. We don't yeah. let this leave yeah. this locker room. Yeah. Ever. Uh, I, I'm, you know, never going to ever out anyone in this town. But there are a handful of people in this town that I know for a fact that are gay that are in the closet. And you have to respect that because it's never anyone's business to out anyone else. Amen. Just Absolutely. Like I never Amen. wanted to have been outed myself, and, and I wasn't. I did it on my own terms. So, you came out relatively older. Right, twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah. so uh, relatively older. What What do you think for like now? Kids are growing up. Now it's more like people are like, "Hey, we just want you to be you. We just want you to be you." How can people bring that about if there's somebody like, "Hey, we want people to be comfortable who they are." How do you 
like if you have kids, right? How do you make them feel comfortable with it? That's a good question. I, I think the key is is you never want to outwardly ask someone, "Hey, are you gay?" Because yeah. that puts people on the spot. But I think you can say, "Hey, are you dating anyone?" Yeah. You dating women? You dating men? You know, because that because you can people. you can say that now and kind of go, "Hey, what are you into?" You know, right. exactly. Like, it gives people kind of that out um, to sort of be themselves. I, I think the key is too and this is what I've noticed even just recently myself, is how it's portrayed in pop culture now is so much different. Yeah, absolutely. if you had a gay character in pop culture in the last, uh, let's say from, I don't know, 1980 to 2000, they had to be overly... Flamboyantly gay. Exactly, this and that. Now it's just so much more normal uh, in the sense that there's not the stigma attached to it, which I think is important. So I think... Um, Hollywood has a role in it. How we talk about it has a role in it. I just think there's a lot of kids who, it, listen, if I'd been born 10 years later, I would have come out when I was 17 because I'm sure as hell knew then. Absolutely. I knew when I was 10. You know? And, and people always ask, when did you know? It's like, well, think about the first time you liked a girl. Absolutely. You were probably in second freaking grade. Yep. You know? So for people to act like, I just woke up one day when I was 23. I was like, what? I think that's <laughs> so, not how it works. You say you knew when you were 10. Did you force yourself to try to like girls at any point or did you embrace it from a young age no i certainly didn't embrace it i mean the the, the tricky part was there was a i went to a very small private school in town and my best friends were all part of a very um christian sort of traditional kind of group and i hear those folks aren't good with it <laughs> no, i hear they're not good with it and and you Again, just like being in a fraternity at a Midwestern school, you build in your head that it's this big deal, and it's just not. So was it a conflict for you to try to cope oh, with that? Yeah, it was a tremendous conflict. I mean, I in my article with my high sports, I wrote about it. Everyone was saying, oh, you got it made, you got it made. I, I, I was miserable. I mean, oh, I, was, hell yeah. I was 60 pounds overweight. I was drinking to get hammered. I, I was in a dark, dark, dark place until finally something triggered and This is not the way I want to the difference, and I'm fascinated by this, the difference between uh, someone your age, someone Jeff Morton's age, who's a little bit a little bit older, and then people who are our age, very different experiences with it. Because when we were in high school, it was not anything. Like, the, there was guys who were certainly, you know, that we knew were gay, but it was not a thing that was... Um, kids now are like... This guy's gay. Who gives a fuck, when right? When I was in high school, one of the most popular guys in school was a guy who was a cheerleader for the cheerleading squad and was openly gay. One of the most popular guys in school. No question about it. But did people call him faggot all the time? You better <clears throat> fucking believe they did. Of course. And, and, but, they, but everybody loved him because he was an incredibly nice guy. Like a world-class dude. Little teeny tiny guy. I mean, the, girl, the other cheerleaders threw him up in the air. Um, he was a, he was a little dude, but very different. There's tons of people who probably were also gay that were never going to be able to to bring that out Absolutely. into the open. No question about it. But my son now he's a se- my son is a senior in high school, and there are several openly gay kids and a couple of openly transgender kids at his suburban high school, and it honest to God it barely even occurs to most of those kids that anything's abnormal about it. It, it. Other than maybe the super jocks. The, that's the only culture where at that le- at that height... At, at the Pac-Man Joneses, senior, is that what you're Pac-Man saying? The Pac-Man Joneses. The super jocks. Other than that, it's, it's pretty much normal 
But you're living in a world, you've been around sports for a long time. So you're kind of living in that super jock world. How, how, how did you find any kind of negative reaction at all? No, I, I didn't have a single piece of negative feedback, which I thought was huge, you know. Um, it, of course, anybody who does provide any is going to be an ass. <laughs> yeah. True, and I, I also, and this was something I was told um, actually by my father, who was a, a high school teacher for a long time. He said, by and large, the most homophobic kids are the ones who are gay themselves, right? Because yeah, if, that's you what are, I think. if you are that... <laughs> and they're also Republicans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you are that overly sensitive about it, it's probably because it's something internally you're trying to comprehend. So, no, no negative feedback. Wish I had done it 10 years before. Wish I had done it 12 years before. None of us have a time machine. It's all good. I'm here. That's awesome. It's good stuff. I'm scared about the Chiefs. I just want to say. <laughs> yeah, as I said, we, we, I, I'm really frightened. Yeah, stick to sports. I, I'm dude. really frightened about the Chiefs. I think that they are in the position to be good for a really long time. And yeah, regardless, regardless of where the Broncos stand right now, they've always been a team in my eyes that has always bounced back. And in 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 John Elway's certain terms, uh, what what's the phrase he uses? Um, you know. Something like win this year, win now. They're win from now and now. Win, win from win now. Yeah, win from now on. And I, I'm very, very concerned that we're about to confront a long-term drought of success for the Denver Broncos. What do you think, Bill? I think it all comes back to the quarterback position. The Chiefs have and the Chiefs have it, and they have it on a rookie contract. And the They've got he's got three, he's got three years left on his Hold deal. On. I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but aren't they going to figure that guy out soon? Aren't they going to? You can't figure the, out his athleticism. The Broncos had the Broncos have played him the best anyone has played him, and if you watch that game, those the reason why he the reason why he had success is because. They almost would get to him because they. You, if you watch that game, they were falling down because they had him in their grasp, and then he was ha- he was so fast he couldn't. He had to, he had to move. They had him. They had him kind of figured out. So my point is, if the Broncos had him kind of figured out, somebody else, a little smarter, coaching wise, is going to have him figured out. Well, to your point, it, it's look at the Dak Dak Prescott effect out in Dallas, right? Yep. Phenomenal rookie year. Great. Figured the guy out. Even Derek Carr, some some point out in Oakland, like that guy, we were all, oh, we were scared of him. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Derek Carr, whatever. That said, I think Mahomes is a little bit of a different breed from those other guys. Yes. Because look at this, he's got Tyree Kill. That's it. And he's he, got Hill. Right. And That's Hill's on a rookie deal too. And he's also got Travis Kelsey, who could not be two more completely different players, but yet Mahomes is getting the most out of both of them. Call it. I'm with you that the Chiefs are going to be good for a while. But how many times have the Chiefs gotten off to fast starts and then lost in the, uh, I don't know, the playoffs to the Titans? I, I, think, they did last I, year? I, I believe they are going to face the Rams in the Super Bowl this year. That's that's then my they, theory. They that's will my lose. Theory. They, then they will lose. Cronky man, right here, telling you, telling you what's up. I no, I hear you. That it, when you see it, when you see the Broncos on the decline, and you see a team like the Chiefs on the upswing because they've got players that are like, wow, this guy's young. He's gonna be there forever. I that that's obviously concerning, but. It averages out. I mean, look at like you know, look at like Drew Brees. Drew Brees is awesome. He's a he's a you know Hall of Famer. Eh, you know, it's they, they can kind of get to him every so often. He's not he's not infallible. Right now, it looks like Mahomes is infallible. It looks like he's so good, right? That won't last. 
Speaking of Pat Mahomes, I want to very briefly touch on a massive, massive fantasy football trade I made last night. Oh, yeah. We got a concert on your fantasy football. I, I, got, this off, I got this offer late, late last night, like after 11 o'clock. And I texted Cecil Lammy of no, none other than Cecil Lammy. But not the and, Monday um, Mommy? I, Cecil Lammy. I would, I, I, Monday Mommy was probably. She was in bed. I knew Cecil wouldn't be. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's all about the rock and roll. But uh, I was offered Patrick Mahomes and Le'Veon Bell. Oh, no, sorry. Um, uh, I was offered Patrick Mahomes, Will Fuller, and LaShawn McCoy. And in return, I had to give up Matthew Stafford, Le'Veon Bell, and and his backup, the guy who's playing now, James Conner. So John Conner. John Conner. He's badass. So I gave all those three, and I took the Mahomes deal. I just wanted – he's the number one player in fantasy football right now. And he will be like, probably for the rest of the year. I'm like, which is the best player in this transaction? And as long as the – Steelers don't trade Livian Bell. I get the better end of that. Yeah, yeah. those guys are splitting carries. Exactly. It's, it's Matthew Stafford. Exactly. Yeah. Matthew Stafford for Patrick Mahomes. Someone offered that deal? Yeah. That was, I, exactly I think you have to take that. And I also think when a player comes back, like he hasn't, if he, if he comes back, you, you come He's back. He's got to get back into football. Yeah, state. because you're going to start getting hit, and those guys have been playing for weeks and weeks and weeks, right? So yeah. There's, there there is something to that. But if he went to the Eagles, I'd be fucked. That would be, <laughs> yeah. Then I'd be fucked. Because yeah, Connor would continue to get two touchdowns a game down in Pittsburgh. That would suck. So I that hope that doesn't suck. happen. Well, it's good. I'm, I'm glad you're active out on there on the trade market. It's good It's good I, stuff. I couldn't so. believe it. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Good stuff. What else do we got before we well, get out of here? We can let, we can let Will uh, come, get out of here. One last thing before we go. Um, I wanted to well, I wanted to touch about talk, talk about my uh, my change in expectation for the Denver Nuggets. But we'll talk about that next week after they play, or two weeks well, from now, after they play the Lakers. Well, we can talk about that. Now, I, listen, um, I think the Nuggets, I, obviously they're exceeding expectations right now. But should, it, should we be overreacting? That's the question. I mean, what I've seen so far, I've gone from, man, I think I, I'm going to define success. Because we all know we can't define success as Nuggets fans as a title. Not right now. So I'm going to define success as a six seed. Now, after these first four games, when I've seen what they're capable of, I'm starting to go, eh. I might define success as a Western Conference Finals. They're pretty damn good. They are pretty damn good. I sat with Jason Klasmiski at the Nuggets Fan Fest, uh, I don't know, three weeks ago. That was when they were still letting me host over there. Uh, and, and I said to Klaas, I said, this team's ceiling is a two-seed. And Klaas kind of laughed at me. And I said, no, this team's ceiling is the two-seed in the Western Conference. You throw in Carmelo Anthony down in Houston, which Melo is a cancer everywhere he goes. He's a cancer in New York. He's a cancer in Oklahoma. Houston doesn't look good. No. Name me another team in the West that you can guarantee me to get is better than the Nuggets besides Golden State. Maybe. Maybe LA, maybe no. Utah. Not the Lakers, because. I, 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 I had a discussion with our pal Snyder, and he was like, oh no, the Lakers are going to be good. And I said, LeBron James is good. He's fucking awesome. He'll drag a bunch of corpses to a fucking to the playoffs. But he's now got like walking dead corpses he's dragging to the playoffs. He's got an even worse fucking team he's dragging to the playoffs. So you're right. I don't think there's any other team right now that's 
that's better than that. Well, that gets to your ceiling. If you're the two seed, you can end up in a Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. I don't think it's a stretch to say another. They love playing the Warriors. Yeah, they love playing the Warriors. Nuggets could make a Final Four. Now that's if everything breaks exactly right. But to sit here and say the Nuggets could be the two seed isn't an outrageous thing. Oh my God! And if they catch the Warriors in the Western Conference Championship, I would, I would, I would wager the plus the minus two fifty or the plus two fifty on the Nuggets. I also think that if you play a lot of basketball over the years, and, and LeBron's played a lot of basketball over the years, and obviously he's a, he's a physical freak, um, I just think after time, and hockey, same thing. The Penguins won two Stanley Cups. That's a lot of hockey to play, and they just kind of fell apart last year. You're just, you just won't be able to hang. These Nuggets guys are young. They haven't been playing very much because they're not playing in the playoffs. They're gonna they're gonna roll, man. So I think it's uh, I think it's looking up. Obviously, you know we know how it goes in the NBA, but I, I think it's uh, it's certainly they certainly look pretty fucking good to start out. And if you remember, like when the Warriors uh, in the last couple of years when they won titles, man, they were out out the gate. They were fantastic. So I think it looks pretty good. They need to be attractive to free agents. That's they the are. I know, but they, they are right now. They haven't been historically, and that's. Who do they need? I don't think they need anybody. I mean, who who are they going to bring in? They they missed on LeBron, but if they could have had LeBron, sure, they've been great. But and, uh, and from what I've heard, um, LeBron wasn't that far from coming. In, so which which is which is baffling because if he if he got on that Nuggets team right now, game over. They would have that would have been guaranteed. Absolutely. Oh, you just inserted a starting for Will Barton at the three. Oh, it's gone. It's yeah. it's it's a done deal. Over. Yep. So speaking of done deals, uh, one last thing before we go. I, I'm really aggravated with our social media service, Twitter, which I enjoy so much. Oh, you do um, love it. Apparently they recently banned our friend Lauren Anders, uh, L.A. Baby. She's back. She's back. She's back. Uh, on my advice, I was like, just add an A. Oh. She added an A and started a new account with a new email address. But she was forever banned. For something apparently hateful or or threatening or violent. How many said. followers does she need? Oh, thousands. Because that's the scary part about getting banned is having to start over. Oh, yeah. She's got like 76. Now. You know, Uncle Vicious was banned. And I, I think he's banned because he's gone. Like, you can't even find his account. So I'm thinking the same thing happened to him. So, hey, kids, behave yourself on Twitter. That's yeah, all I got to say. Don't say violent things. Yeah. Are you enjoying the World Series? Or do you care? No, I haven't watched a second of it. I don't care. I don't give a fuck about it. I don't I have no interest in it whatsoever. Um, as everyone, as everyone knows that you know, in a World Series like that, you either hope for uh, team-wide diarrhea or an asteroid or you know whatever, Babies. yeah, whatever to happen, and you don't want anyone to win. So, uh, but as we talked about earlier, you know, we don't want the Dodgers to win because their their fans are horrible, and we have to deal with them all the time. We don't have to deal with Red Sox fans maybe every couple of years. So they're awful. They're not going to get any worse. Let them win. It's fine. It's like when the Patriots played the uh, the Seahawks in the, in the in the Super Bowl, right? It was like, I don't want the Seahawks to win because their fans are going to be even worse. The Patriots fans are already bad, so they're not going to get any worse. So let's hope they win and the Seahawks fans can, can uh, go off into obscurity. It does surprise me, too, that the Rockies didn't get more shit for how bad they were in the playoffs. Oh, they were bad. It, it, it was a, there was an attitude in this town of, well, you know, maybe they made the playoffs. Well, they made it an extra step. It's that yeah. same attitude that we've had with the Nuggets forever. Right. And it yeah. was like, no, you went into a series with Milwaukee 
And in the very first game, you tied it at two with a guy on third with one out in the ninth. And if David Dahl hits a sack fly, that's a 3-2 game, and you're up 1-0 against the Brewers. Like, you're yep. that close to taking a commanding lead in a short series to go to an NLCS, and it was just a lot of, eh, good season. We'll see what they do with DJ. Like, wow, that was a small little window. It's, it's, that's kind of how it is with them, though. It's kind of like, well, you guys got there. It's a good job. You know, good job, good effort. They were. That's the thing. They were so close. If they actually had any offensive output at all, they probably would have been on to the Which next round. Which is the craziest part about that season because they didn't have any offensive output all season for the most part, other than like they'd scored 21 runs in one game for some reason. But they have always been a great lineup, and they it looked on paper like a great lineup. I mean, you got Charlie Blackman, you got Hunter Arenado, you got DJ LeMahieu. They should be. They should have been. Taken. They'll, they'll be a good. It. They'll be a good uh, late winter, early spring story for sure. So, but um, always, always something to talk about in Denver sports, though, right? Sports, sports. Thanks, Swag. It's good. Thank stuff. you for everything. Yeah, this is really God good. bless this you. Is swag. An, this was a good week. Though, I'm, really so gonna, I'm really gonna miss him. And and what a wonderful Tuesday. I mean, there was so much information <laughs> coming in so fast, and it just got better and better. When I heard that Swag got smacked with a it wasn't a Coke party. It was a Western party. <laughs> Western Coke party. Got it. There's a difference. There's a difference. I think the, the theme of this show should be a cocaine-themed party. It is a, this was a cocaine-themed party, so it was a, it was really good. Will, it was excellent to have you. Uh, we appreciate you coming in for the first time. Yeah, last thing I'll say is, listen, 99.99% of the people at Crocky Sports Entertainment are great people, and I enjoyed working with them. There's, there's a handful of names that will go unsaid, but seriously, it's a good organization. It was fun to be a part of, and who knows what holds uh, down the road. Any uh, any ideas uh, for the future? What, what would you like to do? What, tell me what your dream job is. I told everyone over there, I think I'm a radio host. And uh, it was stretch after stretch after stretch where I was treated like a radio host. And then I got told at the very end, my first F-bomb of the night, you're a very expensive fucking producer. So, <laughs> that's how I felt towards the end. Uh, I would beg to differ on sort of my role and duties over there. But you know what? I would love to host somewhere in this town. Hopefully it uh, comes together. Hell yeah. Well, we, we are wishing you the best. If not, I'm just going to come crash with you guys. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, you're, you're you can just sit in. We'll, we'll have you sit in every week. Yeah. You want. yeah, just if you got nothing to do, come on in. So it's, it's all good. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for coming. Appreciate no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Great stuff. Good time. Good. Great getting back in. Well, this is a good show. We went. We went long too. It was. It was a. It was a lot of info. We needed and to, deep. And long and deep. We needed. To, we needed to do that to to get back in the flow of things. We have talked that we're going to make sure we're going to try to get back on it regularly. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. In two weeks. So we'll be back in two weeks. We're going. We're planning. Scott will be hopefully well by then, and uh, we're going to be back. We'll have. We'll have plenty of abs and nuggets and probably some Broncos to talk about when we come back. So uh, until next time. This has been the South Stands Denver Fancast. South Stands Live. Adios. We love you!